Welcome to the Unmasked Podcast. This is at C. Talene, and I am joined, as usual, by Southern Cynic and Akira. Hey, ladies. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. It is going great. So we are on episode four, Metadata. Um, so this was kind of getting us back on track after last week's Tyrell-focused episode, and we are just picking up our story and um, we are, this is really somewhat focused on Darlene and kind of what Darlene is going through. What were you thinking with the opening, the cold open with Darlene on the um, subway? Because I felt like that was really giving us a glimpse into the inner workings of what Darlene has been going through emotionally so far since she's been basically since the death of Cisco and her being pulled in by Dom. So there's Cynic, what did you think about the cold open with Darlene? Um, I just feel like she's in some kind of place where she's feeling reckless. Like she just, she's void of all caring about her situation, but I really enjoyed that she put the fear into that chick. Like, who does that? Just confesses all of her sins to some random stranger. But and that chick had her wallet, and that's the only thing I was coming away from. That like, why why would you do that and put yourself in this that situation? I mean, does, does your immunity, you know, extend to some stranger coming off the street saying that they you told them all this information? And and, and I don't know, but it, it was nuts. I don't know where her head is right now. Is it all because of Elliot? She's just super concerned or she just can't see any way out of her situation now that she's just acting out. Well, Akira, do you think Darlene still has hope? Um, some, I want to say that there's still some small part of it, but at the same time, I think, um, you know, like uh, Southern Cynic was saying, that there is some sort of reckless abandon with, abandonment with, uh, with with some of the things that she is doing. But also, again, she's really feeling like she does not have anybody that she really can talk to about what's going on with her life. Um, you know, Cisco, well, Cisco's gone. Um, the only person that she thought she had with her brother, you know, their their relationship is continuing to just be this constant strain. Um, and then, uh, yes, she's just completely alone right now. No one to lean on. And yeah, basically it's, it's one of the situations where I think we've all maybe found ourselves in, or at least could, you know, see someone else do this where they just completely pour their life story out to some stranger, um, you know, for whatever reason. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that that's something that Darlene would do. Um, yeah, I guess she just feels kind of like, well, you know, if, you know, everything's gone to shit, so might as well just, you know, go out with a bang kind of situation. Um, I kind of feel like, but at the same time, 
considering what happened later on in the episode, I like to think that there's still some small, I don't know if, I don't know if I want to call it a glimmer of hope, but maybe just some small, but I guess actually, no, I'm going to, I'm going to call it some sort of hope on her end, but yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that bit in a moment. I kind of felt like the girl that um, stole her wallet. She reminded me of the old Darlene, um, mm-hmm. like I could see Darlene stealing someone's wallet off of a, a subway, the old Darlene. And I kind of felt like the way that girl was dressed, um, it was almost like Darlene was confessing to herself. Yeah. Like, you know, um, definitely, definitely agree with you there. Like kind of in that situation where, you know, if I could write, go, you know, go back and write a letter to myself in the past, here's what I would tell her. Um, yeah. So definitely agree with you there. Um, that that girl does represent some, have some sort of um, mirroring effect or resemblance to the old Darlene, um, but she's not quite there yet in terms of the in terms of what we perceive as the old Darlene. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's kind of so again and again with that whole if I could write a letter to my you know sixteen year old self or whatever, here's what I would tell you: like you know before you go down this path, here's where you're going to end up if you if you do. Um, did, yeah, you, did, you guys, did you guys ever have to do that in school? Write a letter to yourself or write your obituary. That's another one that teachers yeah. like to do to kids. Did you guys ever have to do anything like that in real life? What kind of teachers did you um, have? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I remember, I think in elementary school, like when you were, yeah, when you were about, when you were about to, um, uh, go from your final year of elementary school going into your uh, middle school year. They used to make us write like last wills and last will and testaments, like what things you would leave behind. See, the Southern Senate. But- <laughs> See. So, yes, there are some. Yes, there are some people that make you think that way. Even you know, yeah, as young as fifth grade. Like, what would I leave behind to people? Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Um, so, so yeah, Southern Cynic, I take it you were never asked. Well, not an obituary, but just a letter to my father. <laughs> 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 That's craziness to me. But, hey. Yeah, it happens. It does. I, did, I, I didn't make it up. Doing that. I wonder, oh. I wonder if some schools are still doing that, especially elementary schools. Because, yeah, that's a bit like, really? You know, yeah. thinking back on it now, like, yeah, why would you make a child do that? Okay. I don't know. Self-reflection? I have no idea. I don't know, girl. But I'm sorry, I even brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> but we do know that it has happened. Whether or not it still happens, who knows? Okay, well, we might have to put a poll. Were you ever asked to write your own obituary in school? <laughs> oh, Lord. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's a Southern thing. I don't know. But you're, you're, in, the Southern, you're in the South, too, Southern citizen. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so one of the questions I asked two episodes ago was, remember when Dom was standing outside of um, – the safe house and she was looking at that van and I kept saying what was she looking at and we had paused the scene and Southern Cynic you had seen some kids riding on a hoverboard <laughs> and all this stuff and so this episode we see that in fact after that van 
rolls away, Elliot was standing behind the van. And I just um, noted to myself that Dom just has incredible intuition. She's just always so aware of her surroundings. But um, some of the things I thought about when Elliot was um, digging for that metadata outside of the apartment that turned out to be Darlene's was one, did we know that he could pick a lock? And two, didn't he see those big old cameras over that door? What, what were you thinking when he was breaking into the apartment, Akira? Uh, well, yeah, you know, pick coffin, you know, that's the that's thing if, if everyone goes to. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I guess really, in terms of the cameras or whatever, I guess he, maybe also like we were talking about with Darlene, just having some sort of reckless abandon and not really caring. Um, yeah, because, uh, yeah, just not really caring, just basically trying to get to the gist of what is going on. But also, um, I think that he probably felt that he, with the exception of the camera being right inside the house, I think that he was feeling that he um, hid his face somewhat. Well, yes, while he was outside, yes, but then he got inside the house. Um, but I think, yeah, at that point, he could figure out that, yeah, this was Darlene that was hacking him. So, yeah, because he did you know, see the, the he saw the backpack through the blinds. Yeah. So, and even then, like he, um, yeah, he and his then him. I swear I can talk. <laughs> then he was uh, telling her, um, after you left, I noticed this extra hardware and stuff on my computer. Uh, so yeah, why are you hacking me and everything? So um, yeah, I think they yeah. So if, so. If, if so there's an yeah, what point, even answered your question. What what well what point did you realize that it was Elliot and not Mr. Robot? Because I know some people were talking on the internet about questioning was that Mr. Robot in the in her apartment or was that actually Elliot? Was there a point where you knew for sure that that was Elliot or did you know right away? Well, I figured it was Elliot because they didn't show us Mr. Robot. Well, they've been they've been kind of Showing us Elliot as Mr. Robot some. Yeah, blurring the lines a little bit this season. I mean, he comes up where, like, uh, you can hear him in his voice, the transition when it begins. Mm -hmm. We see him um, jump into the scene where uh, Darlene is looking through the peephole. We know it's, you know, Mr. Robot because they show us that it's Mr. Robot. Yeah. I figured that that was definitely Elliot. <coughs> creeping around her apartment and looking through her blinds. I didn't think that it was anybody else. I wasn't sure at first because we see um, Dom and the other agent looking through the camera to see, and so we saw it was Elliot. So I, I didn't know if they were trying to trick us. And then even when Darlene first came in, I felt like he was being a little bit more aggressive than he normally is with her and we had just seen um, Mr. Robot being aggressive with her as well at the, at the apartment. But then when they started talking more, he was um, not doing the eye contact and everything. And for me, and that was usually the tell that Angela told us about in episode one. But um, that was an interesting interaction. And I felt like he was finally asking Darlene all the questions I wanted him to ask her in episode one of this season um, about where do you get the money for this apartment and 
I thought you were leaving town, of which she never answered those questions. So I thought it was interesting that Elliot is making the choice to still trust Darlene to come back to the apartment to share stage two with her, to ask her to, you know, follow him, basically extend that same level of trust that he extended towards Angela to Darlene. Do you feel like Elliot's spidey sense should be tingling a little bit more than it has been Southern Senate? I think so, but I believe that's Mr. Robot suppressing that. Mm. Because I, I mean, all the all the clues are there. I mean, <clears throat> this show is about paranoia and, and watching your back and looking ahead, and I just don't see why Elliot hasn't caught on to everything yet. Do you feel like Darlene's explanation of why she was hacking him was good enough? It was good enough for him. She knows she knows what it would take to get him off her back. So So basically she's playing him like a fiddle. Pretty much. Well maybe I would say I would probably say that she knows what to say to kind of get him to back off a little bit. But I mean as far as the question of um if Elliot trusts her, I'm not so sure I would say it's a matter of trusting I think it's I think he's still I think he's testing her still um because remembering um you know back in season one and yes this was um Mr. Robot saying you know how do you you know when Elliot asked well how do you know you can trust them he says I give them a test um and again with this whole thing of the lines being blurred between Mr. Robot and Elliot I mean I can't help but figure but figure but think that it's you know that type of situation now in that scene that it's um, maybe both Elliot and Mr. Robot testing um, Darlene to just, you know, try to, you know, see what answers is she going to give and like, you know, like, all right, well, I'll play along and make you think that, you know, that I'm not onto you in some type of way or that I'm not completely trusting you or anything like that. But yeah, I just couldn't, yeah, I just can't help but think back to that whole interaction between Elliot and Robot in, um, season one, when I think about, when I look back on this scene um, Mm -hmm. of Elliot and Darlene. Well, speaking of Elliot, um, he goes back and we find out that he's had the key to Shayla's apartment this whole time. And he's kind of just been hanging out there as an escape from possibly his crazy life. Um, and that he's asked Darlene to follow him. And we do get to see Darlene follow him. And it's really cool to see um, some of these scenes that we saw in the trailer that we had all of these weird theories about what it could mean and all that stuff. So we got to see the scene when Darlene is walking through the tents and things like that. And she discovers that Mr. Robot and Angela have been um, working together. And she then calls Dom to the bar and they have an interesting interaction that leads to Darlene returning the Polaroid. We see her looking up um, Budapest, trips to Budapest earlier, and we see her exit the apartment. Considering all that Darlene saw this conversation with Dom, what do you think her next move is going to be, Akira? Uh, I, I have no idea, but um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, really with Darlene, Darlene, Darlene is just becoming more hard to read sometimes um, in terms of what she's going to do next. Um, and then, but also considering the Darlene that we knew has basically transformed and, you know, transformed in front of our eyes so far this season. Um, so we probably, so it probably could be easier to answer this question of, okay, well, what was the Darlene before um, Cisco's death and all this, um, every, her world crashing down, crashing down in front of her, what would that Darlene do as opposed to what this one would do? Um, but I think whatever that decision was, it's one that she, I think, debated on a lot, went back and forth with, and I guess just figured the outcome, I guess, was going to be worth it. Um, or, or I guess maybe not that it was worth it, but I think just accepted that, all right, this is what I stand to lose. This, you know, these are the, these are the possible, these are the consequences of this action, of this action that I'm going to take. And she's just going to go with it, whatever that decision is. You know, um, as, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, and you're saying you don't know what this Darlene would do. I feel like mm -hmm. the Darlene that we're seeing right now is more like the Darlene um, that Elliot used to talk about who would run away all the time. Because we have to remember that Darlene is grieving a lot right now. Mm -hmm. She's lost Cisco, who, I mean, I really think she loved. She knows that she's going to lose her brother no matter what. Um, because she basically told that to Dom, you know, you know, remember that as you're celebrating getting Tyrell, I'm losing my brother. And Southern Cynic, you had said when we had that conversation about Darlene and her being kidnapped, that the thing that made her come back was this um, longing for Elliot or this relationship with Elliot. And I'm questioning if Darlene is in this place of grief if she knows she's going to lose her brother either way, would she not just run away? What do you think, Southern Cynic? Um, well, I think that's happened, but where is she going to run to and for how long? And how long is the reach of the dark army to pull her back? Um, what's going to happen to Elliot that's going to possibly pull her back? I don't know. These are the questions that I have going forward. Um, <clears throat> Maybe she's going to go find um, Trenton and Mobley in Arkansas. Not Arkansas, Arizona. I hope somebody does. Well, that's what I was wondering. You know, yeah, just wondering if or how they're going to come back into the story this season. Um, but that is one option, yeah. Well, um, Tyrell did ask for the full force of the Dark Army, and you would have to assume that includes Leon, and we last saw Leon with Trenton and Mobley. So who knows? Who knows what magic Leon has been spinning with those two? They might be fully entrenched. Didn't we leave them wanting to reverse everything that happened? So, I mean... And and that's what that's well, what Trenton White Rose is promising. Yeah. Well, Trenton wanted to uh, talk about, you know, as um, talk to Mobley about reversing, you know, all right, what if it's possible that we could reverse the hack and all that? But yeah, Mobley wasn't just trying to hear any of it. He was just like, all right, that's in the past. Leave it there. Like, you know, this is our new life. You know, don't even talk about it. Not even trying to hear it. Mm-mm. That's why I'm worried about them. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if 
probably went down that long, dark road. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lord. They're in the basement of the farmhouse. Oh, geez. But you know what? Mobley, I think Mobley only did the hack because he wanted to date Trenton. I'm being so basic right now. <laughs> oh, I'm being so basic. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, um, well, that would be one motivation. Um, yeah. I don't know, but I'm just... I guess, I guess time will tell. Time will tell. I'm just very interested in what Darlene is going to do next. I'm just very concerned about her. She just seems... I mean, she is lost. She is lost. And just everything that's going down, the fact that she left the Polaroid back on the um, the shelf, it just, it just seems so final. But, you know, you never can tell what's actually happening in this show. But several people were upset on the timeline that she didn't take Flipper out to go to the bathroom. Because Flipper's been in that apartment all night by himself. I'm worried about poor Flipper. He's been there, what, like two days? Yeah. Yeah, because Mr. Robot's hanging out with Angela right now. That poor dog. Mr. Robot, yeah. no care. Mm-mm. Because... Because um, Angela's keeping Mr. Robot close for the whole weekend, so. Mm, I hope he has a dog walker. I don't think anybody else lives in that building. Have we ever seen anyone else <laughs> in the building? <laughs> the ghost no. of is walking the dog. Oh. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. Uh, let's talk about Angela. Let's talk about Miss Angela. So we see this scene between her and Irving and Irving was making me really want ribs um, when he was talking about that mop sauce in the dry rub. Mm. <laughs> and I don't even eat ribs that much. <laughs> yeah, I admit it. <laughs> so Irving was talking about um, stage two, telling Angela that the deadline has had been set for um, 10 days. And we know that White Rose is going to be using that to um, smack Price's hand. And Darlene, or Angela um, is covering for Elliot at this point because Irving thinks that Elliot is helping them at this moment. And she wants some reassurance from Irving that there's a contingency plan to make sure that no one is in the building. And Irving says there is. Do we believe him, ladies? No. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with, with Irving, I just do not. Yeah, I don't believe him because, I mean, the way that I look at Irving is just, yeah, how can you really believe anything that, you, that he tells you? Because you don't know what he truly feels and what he believes. So, and he's just, that's that person that's able to tell you what you need to hear mm -hmm. in order to continue with, um, with what he needs you to continue with. Um, like we saw with the, uh, um, the last episode with Tyrell, um, uh, what was it after uh, Santiago had brought him back and he was mm -hmm. uh, telling him about that whole, um, situation between, um, um, with his family, like, you know, made himself relatable to him. Um, yeah, Irving is just the master of persuasion. Um, yeah, but I'm like, nope, not buying it because I don't know 
if what you're saying is true, half true, yeah, just go, no. Yeah, like when, when Angela asked him if he'd seen what Right Rose had to show him, I was, you could tell he was lying. I, that man, you know, he would make a good motivational speaker because at, at the end of the episode, everything that he was telling Tyrell to hype him up, mm-hmm. get him back and, you know, get him mm-hmm. Man, I need an urban in my life. You could lie to me all the time if it would set me straight and get me. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, he just knows exactly what to say, and it's just like, and even um, what is it? And even when she asks him, you know, do you believe in it? Or I'm hard, I'm probably paraphrasing what Angela was saying. You know, well, do you believe it can happen? And he looks away, and he's like, well, yeah, look at technology. Anything is possible. Who even? And even, of course, in Irving. As only, as only Irving can find a way to bring it back to them ribs. Um, <laughs> you know, who even knows that these ribs are real meat? <laughs> so, Irving will Irving. Yeah, I think I tweeted out um, technology time and ribs. That's Irving right mm-hmm. there in a nutshell. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Point. I bet he has grilling samples. <laughs> that meat. <laughs> Oh, my word. So we don't believe her. I mean, but you're right. You can't really believe anything Irving says because he is like a Svengali. Um, and I, I do like that episode or that um, scene at the end when he is basically talking Tyrell down and building him up at the same time masterfully. Mm-hmm. Um, that was beautiful. But I did question on Twitter, what are they going to do when Tyrell finds out about Joanna? Mm-hmm. And as I was thinking about how they, um, the order of the episodes this season, I thought it was brilliant that Sam had Joanna die the episode before we see um, the Tyrell focused episode because the way we see him reacting to the baby. Um, the way we see him reacting to the headlines about Joanna made me think he is because before we had questioned Southern Seneca, you and I had questioned if he even loved Joanna and we see clearly that he deeply cares about her, um, feels deep emotion towards her. So when he said to Irving, I want to see my son and I want to see Joanna and I want you to tell her, my question is, what the, what the F do you think Tyrell is going to do when he finds out that his wife is dead and his baby is in who knows where? What, what, what do you think he's going to do? Because I did tweet at you, Southern Cynic, um, telling you that he looks just like Kylo Ren having a tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, don't, I don't know because... Um there would be a deep end for him to tumble over and we're going to discover new depths to his madness, I believe, when he finds out that not only is Joanna dead, but don't nobody know where that baby is right now. It's not with family. She's in, baby's in the wind. So um, I think it's good that they're keeping him in that basement, um, reinforce the doors because we see how he is when he has a little tantrum. Um, and the fact that that everybody is just nonplussed as he's breaking stuff, like that's just a normal occurrence at this point. Mm-hmm. There he goes again. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to be in the room when he finds out. Um, I'm wondering if they're going to set it up to to him figuring it out on his own and, and no one from Dark Army tells him and what's going to happen when somebody approaches him after he learns this. Uh, it's going to be very, very messy. Hmm. What do you think, Akira? Hmm. And they better not have. They better have them in a room with no type of objects, or basically pad up that room too. Because um, ooh, he hmm. To say he go flip his lid is an understatement. Um, yeah, because uh, we just see him always with him at his tant him and his tantrums. Ah <sighs> man. Um. Irving better have a damn good persuasion speech ready to go when that happens. Or they could just kill him. That too, you know, because I'm like, you know, I mean, obviously, because it's like, you know, they're not, you, they need him because Elliot obviously is continuing to be a liability. So who, who can they really rely on to keep this going but Tyrell? So obviously, yes, they need Tyrell on board still to keep this going. And of course, him finding out about Joanna is obviously going to distract him. And they can't afford any more distractions because we know how White Rose is with time. Mm -hmm. White Rose is not mm -hmm. having that shit. So it's like, let him continue stage two and then y'all can tell him and also maybe kill him. I wonder how long that's going to drag on because I remember in the trailers we have uh, Tyrell with Price in the, what appears to be Angela's apartment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, him finding out that news, I can't imagine all of them being together. So I, I wonder how long into the season it's going to be before he actually finds out. I mean, Irving could say, we sent Joanna and your son to, where did they want to go? The Ukraine? We, Ukraine. we we sent them ahead to the Ukraine. So they could, he could totally say, like, Joanna said she didn't want to wait. She wanted to leave. So they could spin it that way to buy more time. Good luck. I know. But yeah. um, Akira, you, you bring up a good point. I was watching the episode again today. And um, before we heard White Rose talking about how important Elliot was to his plans. And mm -hmm. um, we talked, and I think last podcast about how Darlene was protected, um, how they decided not to kill Tyrell because he said he would always be loyal to Elliot. But now we see a Tyrell who is not only not loyal to Elliot, but pissed off at Elliot at all times. So I'm wondering, mm -hmm. does White Rose still see Elliot as someone who is this important because Elliot is actively trying to sabotage the project? So is our pocket prints in danger as well? Well, I think so long as the Mr. Robot side of him exists, um, then he's still um, valuable to him. And again, with uh, Tyrell saying, you know, he'll always be loyal to Elliot. Basically, I think that, that they, they took that as, okay, he will, you know, he's an asset now that he will basically be someone to help um, this mission push forward. And, um, yeah, so, so long as the Mr. Robot side is um, dominant and present, um, then, yeah, Elliot is, a li is valuable. But as Mike Rose was saying, as soon as uh, 
Elliot completes, uh, completes whatever they need him to complete, then he can die for them, as they said, you know, but um, reading, um, reading an interview with Corabana, he was saying that basically, one thing that he would advise people would just be to be worried about everyone on this show. Mm. So yes, yes, that's everyone. So yeah, there's a little bit of work. There's some worry now for Elliot coming through more so for coming through for him more so, especially after White Rose in that first episode and he can die for us. It's like, oh, okay. Mm. Now I'm doubly worried yeah. about this episode coming up with no commercial breaks. Oh God. Oh, I am not ready. I'm not. How 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 are we gonna tweet? Um, I can. Uh, I don't know, but I can already imagine that. Uh, that just like this episode, I'll probably be not able to sit down the entire episode. Yeah, we're at that point in the season where I just stand in front of my TV, and then when it goes to commercial break, I just pace around the room, and then as soon as it's back, all right, back in front of the TV, I just can't, uh, yeah, sitting down is pointless because I'm gonna be something's gonna happen. I'd shoot right up from out of my seat, like what? Yeah, so sitting is useless at this point. Oh my god, Lord, you're just gonna have yeah. drinks ready. Um... You know, have yeah, we'll uh, have we'll be having our own version of uh, Tyrell drinking and drinking. <laughs> mm. Yeah, like, man, I, I'm not, your, I don't. snap yourself. He's like, all right, we're just, we're doing our version of the Tyrell. <laughs> that is going to be so insane. My husband is like two episodes behind, and I can't stand him for it. So I told oh my him, I said, God. you have got to catch up before next week so we can actually watch an episode together. But then on the other hand, I don't think I want him in the room with me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no one's allowed in the room with me. It's like, uh-uh, like, don't even bother me. Don't even bear, like, don't even breathe as you're walking past the room. Like, just don't. I know. It's, I know. My, my kids know at this point. Um. Something else that happened in the episode that I hope I'm hoping that one of you ladies can explain it to me, but I'm not hopeful. Talk to me about the guy that the FBI pulled in who allegedly made the F Society video. Somebody inside. Um, I felt like I'm. I'm like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I I felt like he was just a dark army plant. To mm -hmm possibly misdirect the FBI, but um, uh, I lost my train of thought. I, he felt like a plant from the Dark Army. He was put there yeah. to, you know, to mislead the FBI, to get them going down. Right. Dom was automatically suspicious mm -hmm. of what he had to Right, because especially when she was throwing out names like, do you know Elliot? Do you know Darlene? He just doesn't, you know, no, no reaction. But then when she says, and then when she says, why Rose, we get something. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So, and then he wants, then, uh, he wants to finally give her a name and give her anything. And he says, F society. So yeah, I'm right. And, and then I'm right there with, uh, Dom. She's like, no, this was too easy. Um, and then also, cause especially also considering that for the most part, any type of dark army agent has been trained to just turn the gun on themselves erase themselves before they even you know rather than get caught so huh. 
Uh, yeah, I think this is a dark army plan for misdirect, uh, and we'll see that in action in the next episode. Well, it, it seems mm-hmm. like if um, they're doing the stage two, they need a scapegoat. And so it seems like F Society is going to be the scapegoat for this. And because right. Darlene has been compromised and she, they're not, they've basically disbanded because the folks who did the, um, the shenanigans in DC, that dude got arrested. Cisco's dead. Trenton and Mobley are on the run. So they had to plant this F, this fake F society person to keep the videos up so that when white Rose enacts stage two, there's an F society to blame. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even be surprised if white Rose specifically, well, yeah, never mind. Let me stop because White Rose does know Dom and all that stuff. Um, knows how close she is. So, yes, to be sending this to, again, just like lead her off the trail, lead, them, lead the FBI off the trail a little bit. But then he's also got Santiago mm-hmm. to, yeah, to um, do whatever it is that Santiago is doing. Yeah. Yeah, I said it. Uh, <laughs> do we trust this um, new partner? Do we trust this new guy? Her her new partner. I don't the trust anybody. To say something about the the one that dared to say something about the eyes. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I don't think that did go unnoticed. Norm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! When Dom when Dom said, "When I get bored, I get teed off." Don't bore me again. I'm like, girl, yes. Let me write down that line. Mm. There's been a lot of good one-liners this season. Like, yeah, let me, okay, let me keep that. Can I keep that one and use that one? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they've been giving us some good lines these days. uh, I'm waiting for the chance of, like, using White Rose. Don't mistake my generosity. (laughs) I'm waiting for the chance to use that line. Oh, yeah. I need that to be a T-shirt. Yeah, I need that to be a T-shirt. Yes, but I uh, feel bad for the poor fool. I will have to use that line again one day. They, they probably <laughs> wouldn't even get it. They probably wouldn't even get it. Um, so we saw one thing. Remember um, episode one of this season, we saw Ellie, we saw Angela with her black bag and we were like, what's in the bag? And we had kind of talked about maybe she was sedating Elliot, keeping him under after the surgery. And we saw indeed that she has been um, doing that because Elliot kind of, well, Mr. Robot kind of glitched out after he attacked um, Tyrell so violently. And we saw Elliot come back and Angela shoot him with something, but Basically, Elliot saw Terrell, saw Angela with Terrell. So there's the possibility that next time Elliot is allowed to wake up, that he's going to know everything. Are we mad at Angela? How do we feel about her Southern Cynic? I was thinking about this earlier. I just don't know. I I mean, Angela hasn't always been my favorite. I, I, like, I like dark side Angela too, but I, I just don't like how she is just not manipulating Elliot, but just deceiving him. I, mm-hmm. I, 
it bothers me down to my core how she's doing this, but then again, she thinks she's doing it for the greater good. And then that just makes me wonder then what is it that she saw that was so firm that made her think that she can do this to him and it was gonna be okay. I don't know how I feel about Angela now. I'm, I'm really conflicted about her, but I do. I do enjoy Dark Side Angela. <laughs> Dark Side Angela in her all white outfits when Elliot sees her. How do you? Pants were killing me. I don't know what it was about those high water pants. They were the waist was too high, and she's a very short person. So I I don't know if they thought those pants would elongate her because they were high waisted, but it really just cut her torso off, and it just looked it, it looked off. It needed to be a skirt. If it was a high waisted skirt with a nice pair of black heels, that would have worked. Ooh, a high waisted <laughs> pencil skirt, a high waisted pencil skirt uh, with a slit in the back. Oh yes. Yes, we need. To but I'm wondering if that costume choice was intentional though, because um. Remembering back to um, Portia's uh, season three interview, she was also saying how costumes are important. And then considering with what's going on with what we've seen going on with Angela at this point, um, she's, um, there's, I guess you could say like disproportionate, like things are not, things are not in order. Mm -hmm. um, so she's trying to, I guess, get, you know, trying to regain some control of the situation. So I think that maybe, yeah, I think that maybe the pants were that way intentionally to kind of depict, um, to depict, um, yeah, dis I guess the dis disjointedness with her right now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted with the everything with Angela right now, because I agree with you, Southern Cynic, that I, I truly believe she thinks she's doing the right thing for the greater good. And I also think that she's definitely not enjoying what she's doing to Elliot, um, but she's doing what she has to do, kind of like we saw her last season. She had a goal and she did everything she needed to do in order to get that information she needed to um, turn evil court in for the, the practices, the nefarious practices that they were doing. Um, and then whatever it is, White Rose showed her, convinced her and gave her a new goal. And she's going after it with the same laser focus. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I kind of I, I wonder if it's still the same goal, but just a different tactic to go about it. Mm -hmm. You know, because she's always wanted to, I mean, she says she wanted justice, but again, how can you bring Evil Corp to justice? So, you know, the best, you know, um, and then she was saying, um, you know, White Rose showed to me that um, everything that they've ever done could be undone. So I think that she's definitely wanted to see their, you know, to paint it with a broad, a broad brush, she's definitely wanted to see their downfall. Mm -hmm. I think that White Rose has just given her a different way to go about it. You know, and a way that she can actually, a way that, a, a way that she, something that she can obviously something that she could believe in more. So um, I guess now, given the fact that I think that she it's not just her that's working towards this goal. Like she's actually got some, got a support system there of people that, you know, of people that are working with her to get this goal done. Mm -hmm. I think at least, you know, so I guess so with, so with this goal, 
I think that now she doesn't feel so much alone with that anymore. So, but again, there's still like some, um, there's still some kind of almost if she you know, question, you know, I think maybe she's questioning herself, you know, has she gotten in over her head a little bit? Can she actually foresee this happening? Um, and definitely like you were saying with the, her wanting to make sure there's a contingency plan, you know, questioning that aspect of it. Like, yes, I want to bring these guys down, but I'm not quite sure I'm cool with, you know, innocence dying and just to slap this guy on the hand. I, well, she, I don't, well, we probably would be safe to say she doesn't know why White Rose is doing it at this point. But um, also, mm-hmm. you said something interesting that, two things actually. One, that she's going to, she thinks she's going to be able to undo everything. So if you have in your mind that you're going to be able to undo everything, it would almost feel like everything you're doing right now doesn't count. So the fact that she is manipulating a person who is her best friend in this way is maybe something she can um, justify because she's trying to undo it, um, all mm-hmm. these other big things. And then also the, the thing that you said about her not being alone or being part of a, a group with this goal now. Season two, Angela said several times about um, Price or Evil Core finding her valuable or seeing her as an asset and mm-hmm. you know no one had done that before and even that altercation she had with Darlene when she um confronted Darlene about the F society hack and saying you didn't think I would figure it out but I've known because of the movie and because of the masks and then like her friends kind of underestimating her and here is White Rose giving her um this great responsibility so I could see her you know, being into that and really giving it her all because she's being validated and she thinks she's going to reach this goal. So. You guys are, are giving food for thought for me. (laughs) Especially after last week. (laughs) (laughs) It has to happen once in a decade. I know. I was like, you know what? I deserve. I was like, you know what? I I'm entitled to an off day. That yeah, there was something about Thursday last week, but I was like, even yeah, even this Thursday, I was like, uh-uh, I'm not gonna let the crazy day I had get in, get in the way. Yeah. <laughs> you will not be stumped two weeks in a row. Um, mm-hmm. So, so Southern Cynic, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch off from this episode. I think we've talked. Have we talked about everything before I move on? Vengeance pack. We can't oh, yeah, we, we have can't, to talk yeah. about the vengeance pack. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that was scary as fuck. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Can you imagine what Elliot would do? Southern Cynic, you're my my Sith Lord of the of the three of us. Elliot as part of a vengeance pack. How scary is that? Well, it wouldn't be Elliot who fulfilled it. It would be Mr. Robot. I was oh, yeah. Elliot is not about the violence. He's not exactly a pacifist, but I mean, you see what happened when he, when Mr. Robot attacked Tyrell, Elliot pushed through somehow. Mm-hmm. 
I, I don't think that he, you know, has this capability of uh, extreme violence. So I don't imagine um, if anything happened to Darlene that he would just, you know, go off the deep end. I think Mr. Robot would have to take over that for him. And then we would see something absolutely horrible. Yeah, because Mr. Robot does take over when Elliot can't handle things. And I cannot remember where I heard it. I was listening to several Mr. Robot podcasts. But um, after last week's episode and we see Mr. Robot with the gun and he was ready to kill Tyrell if that had not, if that gun had not misfired. And someone said that is proof that this wasn't Mr. Robot's first time killing someone how do you how do you feel about that statement if it's true? Who did he um, I don't well, know. Girl. Again. Somebody was just commenting. Someone was just commenting that based on huh. the ease with which Mr. Robot cocked that gun um, and was ready to pull that trigger and really ready to pull it a second time, um, that that wasn't his first rodeo. Mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we gotta get a little bit more. I say we need to get a little bit more metadata behind that. But um, but again, to go back to your question of you know Elliot being in one of those um in that type of situation, I think that I'm gonna borrow from the joke from the Dark Knight from the Joker that I think that anyone is everyone is capable of anything as long as they have that right push. Mm. Um, and Elliot has said. Um, to Darlene that you are my trigger so um, maybe I think given given all the right factors that I think that Elliot is pos is capable of going that far um, even as much as we've seen him try to surpass it um, with the right circumstances I think that he could um, but then also um, with Darlene even bring, being the one to bring that whole thing up I think that in some way, I think that in some way with Darlene bringing that up, I think that she's, despite how messed up everything is with um, with she and Elliot, I think that in some way she's asked, she brings that up to kind of, I think as, as far out on a limb as she can go, uses that as some sort of way to kind of get reassure, reassurance that they're that their relationship is not all gone to shit, more or less. Mm -hmm. um, that you know that they're that they're still that they're still at least this that she can probably count on him to do that. That there still is some, like I was saying back at the beginning, that there's still some hope for their relationship once this is all said and done. I guess, or if the stakes you know get get beyond get exceedingly high that it comes to something like that. Hey, that was just my take on it, I guess. I think it would be comforting for Darlene to hear Elliot say, you know, if something happens to me, you'll seek vengeance for me. I, I would be comforted mm -hmm. by that, especially with her knowing big picture that something definitely could happen to her based on, um, the information she has that Elliot doesn't have. And I swear, every time I see Darlene mm -hmm. hug Elliot, it just gets me right in my feels, like deep in my feels. Yeah. Also, um, 
also like before I watched this episode again, I kept thinking, remember, um, I think when we were talking about um, the Python episodes and you were asking about, um, you know, Darlene and how far, you know, will she turn on, will she become an FBI mole or something of that? And I was, I think I brought up um, the question of um, if Darlene is at some point, maybe even willing to die for Elliot in some way. Mm. Not, not die in some way, but if it came down to it, would she rather would she rather die than come you know completely betray him like that? Like I don't know, what if it gets to be too much for her that you know she in the end maybe would rather die than to completely sell him out? But also, as she said to Dom, either way, I'm gonna lose my brother. Mm. That does have a finality to it. Hmm. Hmm. Darlene dying for Elliot. What do you think, Southern Senate? Mm, I don't want to see it. I don't want it. Do not want? I don't want it. Especially with all these hugs that she's been able to get out of him. <laughs> like, I'm with you. The hugs get me, too, where I'm talking to the TV. I'm like, hug her back. <laughs> hug her back. And then, um, <laughs> and then when he did, I want to say, and I said thank you, but then also given that, you know, she's kind of that she's working with the FBI, I was like, thank you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And we're, yeah. We're, we're assuming she hasn't been wearing a wire all this time because she told Dom she wanted to do it without the wire. So mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how long it's been since. Has it just been a day since he went to the apartment and then they went back to his apartment? Has it just been one day? I would want to say maybe it's the same day. It's the same day. Okay. I can never tell time sometimes. I can never, because at the beginning when Irving was talking to Angela about stage two, he said in 10 days. And then by the end of the episode, it was just one weekend. So there was only two days left. So where did those other eight days go? Hmm. Or maybe the timeline changed again. Yeah. To <laughs> not timeline, time frame. Maybe it changed again to, um, for where she's just like, no, this is gonna happen then. But then again, yeah, you could be right where the eight days just you know went by and we lost. You know, hell, we don't already lost three damn days. Now we lost eight days. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's eleven days unaccounted for right now. Let's keep a tally. Let's keep a tally. (laughs) change. I see what you did there. Clever. (laughs) So bottom line, this this episode is a good setup for next week. Yes. Which we're not ready. How do you how do we prepare for this next for next week's episode? Co-written by Cora Donna, so I'm like, oh man. Oh, I, I suggest yoga and squats and like Southern Cynic said, liquor. And maybe a woosah here and there. Mm. You know, have your <laughs> have your uh, adult on speed dial just in case. I'm just so worried because like I need commercials to regroup. So oh. Mm. We're going to get through it, though. We'll get through it. Okay. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. 
Um, but speaking of great, let's talk about grant chain right now. Because we had, if, and if listeners, if you don't know who Grant Chang is, you should. He plays White Rose's assistant, whose name is also Grant. And he has a Twitter account, and you can follow him at Carrie Grant Chang on the Twitters. And um, BD Wong tweeted out last week that said, if you're not following him, you should. And we have to support that and say, if you're not following Grant Chang on Twitter, you should. Because we had the opportunity, yeah, we had the opportunity to, we've been interacting with him this past week, and he is, um, how would you ladies describe Mr. Grant Chang? He is a delight and a treasure. I agree. Miss Akira, how would you describe Grant Chang? Definitely a delight. One of the uh, one of the highlights I can look forward to when I see uh, some interaction going on there, like, you know, just, yeah, need it. He tweets to you as if he is Grant from Mr. Robot, first of all, which is, which is like, great. when you're reading the tweets, it sounds like when you're reading them in your head, it's just like, it's White Rose's assistance. And first of all, he truly interacts with, with folks on Twitter, um, how long were we tweeting with him that night, Akira? It, well, um, hell, let's add an hour to that 11 days. Um, was <laughs> it an hour, maybe? <laughs> it was about an hour. So he's engaging with fans. He's tweeting as, as White Rose. He responds to you. Um, you should definitely follow him because, like he says, Southern Cynic, he is a treasure. He also has Instagram account. Um, <laughs> That some folks like to yeah. go to. His stubble game is on point too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he tweeted at us. He tweeted at us. I think he saw our tweet about the beard and he said that he would grow a beard for us, but White Rose would get jealous. I died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I died. And then who found the picture of him on his Instagram account with the full beard? <laughs> who messed up? Who uh, was fine. it? That was me. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> but in all fairness, he put his Instagram account on his Twitter account. So <laughs> it's like, how can you resist? And he's a exactly. dancer. And he is a dancer. Yes. Yeah, because I tweeted at him. I said, um, "Does white? Do you get to use your dancing skills?" Um, for White Rose or with White Rose. And he said that he gets to use all his skills. And once again, I died. (laughs) (laughs) We need to have life support ready for you, girl. (laughs) I can just imagine White Rose correcting his forms. Oh. (laughs) We're gonna have to take this to the DMs because, uh. My mind just went there. Um, Okay, one other thing that came out of the conversation that we had with um, Grant that night, and you about lost your mind, Southern Cynic, I feel like we keep making these Star Wars Wars parallels with them because we, I called um, Tyrell Kylo Ren, sorry. But I also said that White Rose would make, she should be in the Star Wars universe because she would make, 
she's like a in real life Sith Lord. And you, you lost your mind. Like, could you even imagine White Rose in the Star Wars universe? Can you just imagine B.D. Wong in the Star Wars universe? I totally can. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. And we have plenty more movies coming up, so it's possible. So make it, it's not that possible, make it happen. Yeah, <laughs> like, forget the possibleness, make it happen. If I have yeah. to start a Twitter I will. But yes, White Rose would be a Sith Lord, and I can totally picture her in Sheev knocking heads. Mm. That, oh, oh. Oh, the head cannon that I'm writing right now—it's just oh, it's crazy. And you and you tweeted at BD Wong this idea, correct? Yes, he liked my tweet. Okay, like, that means he's on board. So okay. what what do we need to do? What do we need um, to do to make this happen? I, I, I probably we need to contact with the uh, Star Wars Representation Matters crew. We can probably make that happen. Um, give us about six months; it'll be done. Please, because I want it. I want it too, so bad. Oh, that would just be amazing. Okay, so bottom line, here's here's the here's the two the homework assignments for listeners. One, go to Twitter and you need to follow at Carrie Grant Chang. And I know how many Twitter followers he has. So we're gonna be watching. And two, we need to start a campaign to get B.D. Wong in the Star Wars universe because he is just perfection. <laughs> um, I can't wait. I'll make it happen. Make it happen. Well, you guys have spent another hour with the Unmasked crew, and we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. I am at C. Talene. You can find me on the Twitters at C-T-A-L-L-E-E-N. Where can they find you, Akira? They can find me on Twitter, hello friend, H3LL0FRI3ND1. All right, and Southern Cynic, tell them where they can find you. At Southern Cynic on Twitter. Perfect. And you can find this podcast. We are part of the Brothers Comics family of podcasts. And you can find this podcast on Apple Pie, blah, blah, Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We always have links up um, on our Twitter page, so you can follow us on Twitter at Unmasked Podcast. Um, so thank you for coming, and we will see you next week. Goodbye.